Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Guys, this is Jen and Julian, and you're listening to X Appeal, episode 26. Julian, okay. <laughs> I had another, I had another dream about you. God damn! It. I don't know why you keep popping into my my dreams, but this time, like right, like it's mostly happening when you're not even like good, not even like sexy dreams. They're like the, this one. Was- I'm glad they're not sexy dreams. I'm yeah, glad. You, know. you have a baby um, sleeping with your man. I'm glad it's not sexy dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, you bought it. You got a dog. You and I. You got a, a husky, like a fully grown husky. Okay. And you named it Biscuit. <laughs> and I don't. So random. I know. So random. I know. I mean, listen. I'm trying. Like I've been contemplating actually uh, adopting a cat. This is something that I've been thinking about for a few months. You get a cat. You would get a cat. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually babysitting my friend's cat. It's like a little kitten in ten days, and uh, oh, he's really? gonna be staying with me for like I think ten days. So in ten days, I'm, I'm okay. So you're definitely you're more of a cat person than a dog person. I, I just like both, but I think for I like I like that. Like I would want a cat that I trained as a dog. Like first of all, once I have if I ever adopt a cat, I'm gonna that put that sense. cat in water a suit like twice a day because I want the cat to go swimming with me. Cats hate water, dude. No, I'm gonna make him like it. If you put them like very like early, DNA not to like it. No, no, you can't. I, so I see this guy on TikTok. He takes his cat kayaking, and then the cat, the cat jumps in the water, and then they start. He starts like just swimming. Uh, get off! Get no. off TikTok. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing because yeah. the dogs are li- sometimes a little too needy for I'm my liking. So happy to see you all the time. Yeah, all the time. It doesn't matter what kind of mood you're in. They don't give a shit. They're just happy to see your face. Exactly, and I don't want that. If I'm in a shitty mood, I want my animal, uh, my animal, to be sitting next to me and be like, "I get it. You're in a shitty mood. No problem." If you die inside of your house and it's just you and like, say nobody like knows that you died and it's been like days and days and weeks, you know, you know what happens? Your dog eats you. Yeah, your cat eats you. Your cat eats you. Your dog doesn't care. He's going to hump you. You're laying on the floor. He's going to be like, is she playing? Your dog will go and find help. The cat will eat your face. That that goes to show you what the better species is. I'm sorry. You can't compete. You can't compete with Sophie. She's. I, I like I like both, but right now if I had to pick, pick I'll, I'll do a I'll do a cat also because I live in an apartment. Says a lot about your personality. Um, so <laughs> let's not even go about Sophie. Poor dog, she doesn't have a yard to go poo. She's pooping uh, on the floor of your apartment. No, she's not. She's yeah, she but, no. We have we Every have. Every time a- I walked into your old place, all the time. There's a pad with some shit in it, and there's some- a pad with pee in it. She never poops inside the house because I always take her for walks first thing in the morning. Poor dog has to pee inside the house. No, she drinks a lot of water. She's well hydrated. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's get to the task at hand, right? Yeah. So I want to bring in this Washington Post reporter. She's a columnist, uh, and if you look at her Twitter, she's a columnist on the heartbeat. So her specialty for the Washington Post is talking about dating and relationships. And I got to know her through actually Dr. Justin Garcia from the Kinsey oh, Institute. Yeah. He sent me uh, a tweet that she that she put out calling for COVID couples who had met, moved in together, and had a baby all during the pandemic. She so didn't add you directly. She had have had you directly. Yeah. Yeah. So I reached out to her. We got to talking, and she and she's like, "Oh my gosh! Like I would love to come on your podcast." So let's bring her in. Bring her in. Lisa Bonos, thank you for chatting with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi. So obviously, we're fascinated by relationships. Um, what is it about dating and relationships that's that's interesting to you as a columnist? 
Yeah. Um, everything about them, uh, how people get together and don't, or like the, the timing stuff is always really interesting to me. I mean, I'm writing a piece right now about a couple that they met through mutual friends in 20, 2007. Yeah. And they, and, and the mutual friend kept nudging her girlfriend, like, you should date this guy. You should date this guy. And she's like, no, no, I'm not interested. He lives like three hours away. And during the pandemic, they got together and like, they're like you, they're expecting a child or they already had their kid. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just all, all of it. And then I just love asking really personal questions and then just <laughs> be like, well, it's my job. You're like a typical nosy reporter. You know what right. I mean? I'm right. well versed in that. So I know all about that. Um, tell about yourself though, because I want to know like wh what your path was to get here. Washington Post is no joke. That's a big, that's a big publication. World renowned. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 I sort of got here by way of my student newspaper and a bad okay. summer fling at UCLA. So I was uh, a, an editor on my student newspaper in the early 2000s, watching a lot of sex in the city with my girlfriends. <laughs> had a had like a, a weird summer fling where something popped up and it was clear the relationship wasn't going anywhere. So we could just let every, I was going on a study abroad program. So it was going to yeah. end anyway. But I decided I would have this difficult conversation with this guy while we were leaving a Dodgers game stuck in <laughs> the parking lot of Dodgers oh, Stadium because I had a captive audience. And I was just like, well, let's talk about this thing that's not going well in our relationship. And that became fodder for a dating column that I pitched to my editor at, at the Daily Bruin, the student newspaper yeah. in UCLA. And I did that for fun on the side. It was super fun. Uh, and then right after I graduated from UCLA, I got an internship at the Washington Post as a copy editor on the business desk. And I was sort of like, you know, trying to be, wanted everybody to take me seriously. And, you know, I would be all these, I had these colleagues who would say things to me like, I've been working here for longer than you've been alive. Of you know, course. Things like that, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I already felt like I didn't belong. And I was working nights editing business news until midnight. And um, so I was going to be like a serious journalist and no more relationship writing, right? Didn't want people to know I had done this thing necessarily. And I moved on from business editing to opinion editing and loved that. And I had a an editor and a mentor who kept pushing me and wanting to know like what I wanted to do next. And he would say to me like, you know, do you want to write a dating column here? What do you want to do? Because I would occasionally write about dating as a 20 something working at the post because I would see my old married colleagues write about the strange thing that the kids were up to these days. Like I am living it. Like right. this is who I am. I'm in these right. streets. <laughs> right. And you know what it's like when you hear somebody write about something or talk about something that they're not experiencing. God. It just sounds so terrible. So, yes. Okay. So you're like, so, so you launch into this, you pitch this, this dating column. Right. Like, and are they, are they interested right away? Like, or did they have to warm up to it? They were interested, but, but you know, it's a big, the Washington Post is a big organization. Yeah. It takes a long time to get things done and, and start a new project. So this is also, you know, in the Jeff Bezos era when he had bought the post and expanding our coverage beyond Washington and politics and, and all of that. So I said, here's this thing that I can do that can bring you younger readers and more readers around the world. Yeah. And so they eventually went for it. And I've been doing, I've been writing about dating and relationships for six years now. Wow. And I, th I think that's just, that goes to show you how interesting the, the subject matter is. I mean, if there's one thing that everybody is universally interested in, it's love and sex and dating, I think. Totally. Yeah, like, um, you know, we'll always like catch ourselves like asking our friends about their dating life and how is that going? So it's like yeah. a little, it's such juicy subject. Totally. And, you know, I had to get over, I had this whole conception that writing about dating and relationships wasn't serious journalism. And it honestly took like older married men in the newsroom to say like, no, no, actually people are interested in this. Yeah. Um, there's nothing more, more important and serious to people's lives and their relationships. And I actually think that the pandemic 
has really proved that as, you know, we've been locked in our homes with only our partners right. and family. Yeah. I mean, like the, the pandemic really brought to light a lot of different issues and when it comes to dating and relationships and what we've been doing right, what we could be doing better. Um, so what's been your experience when you're writing about these COVID couples? Um, well, first of all, not everybody's in a couple during COVID. <laughs> well, well um, a lot of people aren't. That's, that's a fact. Right. I've been talking to a lot of single people as well. Um, this couple that I mentioned before, it's the story that I'm working on right now. Yeah. They're, they're super interesting mainly because I mean, going into this, we didn't know how long, obviously the pandemic was going to last. And at a certain point I said, Oh, I, I want to, I want to write a story about like a couple that met in this situation, the pandemic and got married. Right. Yeah. And, and I was just waiting for that to happen. <laughs> and uh, then I realized, well, like, why not throw a baby into the mix too? <laughs> because that's happening I mean, as well, a lot as you know. Two years. Yeah. And yeah. so th this couple, uh, yeah, I mean, what I find interesting about them is they met so many years ago and it just sort of took, honestly, uh, the digital social lives that we were all starting. They ended up on a Zoom with some other mutual friends and then kept talking about like the music they were listening to or whatever. And they started texting and then that led to phone calls and then a visit. And yeah, this couple where the woman over a decade ago decided, oh, I didn't want to date someone who lives three hours away. Suddenly they're three hours is not so bad. Yeah. You know, one thing I think the pandemic did was it, it put relationships almost like it, it, in hyperspeed. You know, where it's like, maybe we would have taken our time, but, you know, I have a couple of friends who would go on dates and they would be dates at home. They would, they would invite, and it, sometimes it would seem like a little dangerous, but they would either go over to the person's house and watch TV or watch a movie or have them cook for them, or they would bring them over to, to theirs because there was no other option. I mean, you couldn't go out at that point when it was under serious lockdown, like you really couldn't go anywhere. Like there was no public place where you could actually go and, and meet up. Yeah. You would go um, to a park otherwise throughout the day. Yeah. Like, uh, you go to a park. Sure. You could do that. Uh, but I think everybody was just like a, a little, a little afraid. And maybe we, we just didn't date around as much as we normally did. We kind of yeah. linked up with maybe one person or one or two people. And that was our safe zone. Like that was our little bubble. So do you, did you find that in talking to COVID couples where it was like the press fast forward on a relationship? You just got to know each other maybe a little bit more, better than you did before. Yeah. I mean, you also had to make a lot of commitment up front and have a lot of trust and communication from day one, because yeah. if you were, you know, in those days of, of lockdown and, and you know, pre-vaccine, it was really risky to be dating more than one person. And you had to talk about all these things from the get-go and then trust that the person was telling you the truth. Yeah. And I think that was hard for people to suss out, right? Like, is this person telling me the truth? And then also, you know, sometimes I think women especially have a hard time asking for what they want in a relationship, yeah. asking for exclusivity, asking, you know, now it's like, will you get a COVID test? Are you, you know, are you vaccinated? All of these things. Um, and it, it, prompted all these really difficult conversations from day one. And that was super interesting <laughs> to yeah. me, both in my own, I, I dated somebody at the beginning of COVID and that was just wild to go through. Cause I felt like so much more empowered to ask for all these things. And he was very careful too. Like we were both yeah. very careful. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it will affect dating going forward for sure. Well, yeah, I think it will too. Um, do you, are people still doing like the virtual dates? Like, are people still going on those virtual dates or you is know, that, we all kind of had it? I think people are, if there's distance involved, Okay, right? Like if, if someone's going to have to drive or travel more than 30, 40 minutes to meet up with somebody, I think those, those dates are still happening. I, I asked someone recently to do a video date or a phone call with me because he, we were matched on hinge just a, four or five messages. And then he asked me out to dinner and I said, can we do a phone call or a video date first? Cause he yeah. lived in a different city. I just wanted to, you know, make sure it was going to be worth our time. And he unmatched me. And I was like, cool. Now I know you won't. 
<laughs> you know? You should uh you should download Hula. That's the oh, yeah. yeah, we uh we we um interviewed uh, the founder of this app. It's kind of like basically hinge, except when you match, you have about five minutes to schedule a video call. So oh everything is through video call to make sure that people aren't playing games and to make sure that you guys right. can actually have somewhat of a virtual connection. And then a lot of people, apparently she was saying, have had successful, very successful dates because they've already right away talked uh, over video call, which helps huh. the process of elimination. Do you have to schedule the call? Do you have to do the call within five minutes or you just have to schedule no, it? No, no. I think if I remember correctly, you have, you have to schedule it. Okay. Yeah. It's not. And if the, and the, the other person doesn't show up, then they'll have like... Uh, I think they won't have like the they'll be take not taken out of the app, but they won't have as much um, matching options. They're not going to have as many people shown to them. Like they basically getting a little like put in the corner. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. It's all these apps try to like do these punitive things to people. And I don't know how much it works, but I don't huh. know, but it's, you know, the whole, the whole like video call. I feel like right now I, I understand what you're saying about um, be you're doing that because if, if they're far, it's like, you know, right. see if we have a connection. But um, I also feel like people just general do video calls just like for in terms of safety, I think, like to right. not be catfish, to make sure they actually are talking to the person that they're supposed to be talking to and all that stuff. Right. It's just I think it's almost critical to do a couple of, of video calls before you meet up in person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can tell a lot about the person even in how the video call goes, but also, you know, is it easy to schedule? Do they, you know, do they flake on you? Like all these things that you can find out through in-person dating, you can also find out on a video or phone call. So, yeah. so okay. The, something else that I think you came across in your in your COVID couples column, um, the idea of because you know there's like the forbidden romance instead of a workplace. Mm -hmm. where it's like you're all in an office together and maybe there's some sexual tension for some people, um, but it's kind of like taboo to actually hook up inside the office. But now that we don't, or for at least the, the past year and a half, we haven't had an office to go to for a lot of people. So did you see more people were hooking up because those constraints were lifted? Yeah, You know, it's interesting. I thought that we'd see fewer of those couplings happening because honestly, part of the reason that people hook up with coworkers is the proximity. You're seeing yeah. each other all the time. Yeah. Then, then you're like, oh, I'm attracted to this guy that sits across from me, right? Like that maybe I would not have swiped right on an app, but like right. you're getting to know that all this stuff. So I thought there were going to be fewer office romances during the pandemic, but I actually found a study that said that there are more of them. Um, in part because we don't have as many of the, the in-person obstacles, right? If you're working from home, you don't have to worry about running into the person and it being awkward. And, you know, maybe you only know somebody through Zoom. So, yeah, no, I, I spoke to this adorable couple where the woman had been hired at, at a, an organization and she was long distance. And she was talking to her new colleague after hours kind of to get a feel for the place and learn some things about how things work there. And they developed a friendship and then she did move for the job and they started dating and it was really cute and sweet. And by the time they went back to the office, her boyfriend had moved on to another job because it had been, you know, yeah. a year. Oh no. Oh. I mean, I think that's okay. Right. Like then you kind of, yeah. Yeah. You sidestep oh, all of those. Bad, but he was in the same city. Pardon. He was in the same city though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, good. they're both in Washington, D.C. Okay, now. That's, she oh, that's moved, yeah, she moved from L.A. to D.C. for this job, started dating this guy like six months into working there. And then he moved on to another job. And now they just are a couple that met at work. But their colleagues, I think they did tell their colleagues that they were dating. But isn't it funny that you could work with someone and date a colleague and have never been in the office together with them? Yeah, yeah that's weird. It's <laughs> crazy to me. Is it an office romance without the office? Yeah. yeah. And then I wonder, like, when things got back to normal, like, did it kind of take the, did it kind of take some of the, the, the sexiness away? The excitement away. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the extent of their sneaking around in yeah. their, their work from home relationship was that they, if they were on Zooms and they were both co working at the same place, like one of them yeah. would go outside to the front porch or the back patio or something. But, 
Uh, I mean, I think when you take the 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 danger and the excitement away of an office romance, that's how you get to know whether or not it's like really meant to be, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually going to ask: Have you seen, or have you looked into, or wrote about the opposite about couples that started dating during pandemic, and once everything started reopening, like where we are now, realize we have nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Together, but like now that I get to go out, like you, we don't even like the same restaurants. I like to dance. You don't like to dance like that type of thing. Like you don't want to go to see You don't want to go see a movie in the movie theater. No, you don't like it. You know? I actually wrote about breakups that happened over social distancing disagreements like a, last summer. So mm. pre vaccine. So yeah, okay. people breaking up over kind of like fighting over social distancing. And that was just really a proxy argument over like values, mismatches, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think you saw that with hot back summer, right? What we thought was going to be hot back summer yes. was, was people getting out of relationships because they wanted to be single and maybe if not sleep around because you guys know not that the freedom too, you're not like chained down to like, you know, lock down. Right. Or just at least find like a partner that's maybe a better match. Yeah. So did we see a hot vac summer or that, you know, I'm, I'm like practically married. So I don't, I think, I think it was like a hot vac month. <laughs> yeah. Because Justin Garcia was telling us the opposite. He was saying that after the pandemic had made a lot of people realize that we, uh, we, that, that they wanted to actually have a partner and not hook up anymore. Right. I mean, when I did this story about hot back summer, it was a lot of people saying, I just want to see my friends. I want to go to a bar with my yeah. friends. Or like just that the, the expectations for the craziness that people were looking forward to was really actually subdued. Yeah. It's almost like you just want to go out and maybe flirt with somebody and not necessarily like take them home, but just get out there and sh and show your face in public and have fun and drink with the girls or the guys or whatever. Right. But not necessarily like take it there. I can see that. Hot back summer. Well, at least some people got that. <laughs> so I also know that you <laughs> you had the chance to interview uh, the executive producer of literally one of my favorite shows. On Netflix, I'm not sure what this says about me, but Julian, have you ever watched Sexy Beasts? Uh, no, I have not. Oh my god, you have to! You have What's to. About? So these people um, are going on. Essentially, it's like kind of like speed dating. Would you say almost like they have like these 15 minute, 30 minute long dates um, with with people, but instead of looking like themselves, they're they're in like these elaborate animal costumes. Like one person goes in there like a raccoon. The other person will go in there looking like a, a lizard. Um, and they <laughs> and you can't tell what they look like at all. It's based solely on their personality. And if their personalities click. Why? I didn't <laughs> just wear a mask. Like, why do we have? No, to no. It was prosthetics, lots of bright colors. Yeah. I want to know what you guys, what kind of animals or aliens you two would want to be. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I I saw I saw one lady. She was dressed up as like the Tin Man, and I thought that was brilliant. I loved it, or or like a tree or something like that. Like she she was mm. covered in like bark. I think. <laughs> I think those are two different ones, but yeah, I thought the Tin yeah. Man was great because the Tin Man's not supposed to have a heart, right? Right. Exactly. Wait, I'm, we're supposed to only pick uh, an animal. That we it would can be an animal. It can be like a. It can be like a fantasy figure. It can be like a scary figure. It can be. Uh, it, so I could be Iron Man. Want? Yes, I guess. Right. I could go with my Iron Man mask. Yeah, I would be oh Iron Man God. or a cat. When Iron Man comes up in the conversation. Or a cat. There was. There were cats. Yeah, I like yeah. cats. You know, because they have the same approach. It's like I give love from distance. <laughs> Are you avoidant? <laughs> no, uh, no, but I, let's say I'm I'm known to not be the most affectionate. Like it's kind of like you know I'll sit next to you and this is my affection, just like a cat would. He just sits yeah. next to you. Like, All right, we're chilling. You know, this is some good time that we're spending together. Yeah, yeah. you'll you'll uh, you'll want to get petted every once in a while, but you expect the person to come to you essentially. And yeah, and then like once we're done petting, let me uh, let me go do my thing. Let me go eat a little and uh, leave me alone for a little bit. You know. <laughs> 
I mean, so <laughs> I don't know. I think the concept of the show is brilliant because you're really getting to see like the person's like you're judging based on personality. And here's what the, the best part about it is a lot of times the, the guys would pick girls who they really clicked with and they were like busted looking or or they would let uh, uh, an absolute smoke show go. <laughs> and like because at the end, you get to reveal who you really are, like what you really look like. And some of the guys just had no regrets. They were like, yeah, you know, this is the person I chose and I'm happy for it. And I think that, you know, this could be the beginning of like something really cool and maybe a relationship and they have no regrets. Wow. But I think it's, it's, it's almost like, um, what's that other show? I think it's also on Netflix where it's love is blind, right? Yeah. Love is blind. Yeah. Where you, you're talking through a wall and you get, you can't see the other person, but that they have to make a decision whether they want to get married or not, which is huge. Yeah. Although both of those shows, everyone's hot, right? Like it's still television. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's still TV. Uh, but I think that's that's interesting because we were all fascinated by like aesthetics versus like physical attraction versus what's on the inside. Yeah, but like we're also the first one to say, even you and I, Jen, we're always the first one to say <laughs> that we, we want to have a deep mental connection, but we have to be attracted. Yeah, you do. I, I wish I wasn't like that. I wish I could just be I with whoever I can bond mentally and just not care what they look like. But it's 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 tough. I think the physicality has to be there. But it's but I wonder why you had so many shows that were focused on that. You know, you have Love Islands and like right. the you know where you get to see who the person is and they're like half naked anyway. Right. Um, and then you have shows like that, which it's, it's like, you know, are you falling in love based on who the person really is? One thing that I thought was interesting about those shows is it's not just, okay, you can't see that you're what you know, you're, you think you're on your date with the tin man. You can't see what they look like underneath. I think it also frees up each individual to not care as much about how they look, right? Like maybe you're just being yourself if you don't have to care about your hair or your body or like any of those things. Yeah. Um, that is one thing that bugs me about video dates is it bugs me. And I, and I kind of love it is that you can see yourself usually <laughs> right on the screen. And I, I, one thing about that, that's interesting to me is I can see if I'm on a date with somebody and I'm not smiling, I can see that <laughs> it's very apparent to me. And obviously when you're on a date and maybe it's not going very well, you might realize you're not smiling because you're not having a great time, but when it's staring you in the face, yeah, you yeah it's like, it's like you have a mirror that's being held up to you. You know, so you're looking at your own. It's almost distracting because I, I don't know if you if you found yourself on dates where you're looking at yourself, too. <laughs> right. No, it is definitely distracting. And I'm I mean. sure, yeah, I've been on dates like virtual dates with guys who you can tell they're looking at themselves more than they're looking at you. I went on one where the guy couldn't sit still. He was like rocking back and forth in his chair. And I was like, just put me down, please. I'm getting nauseous. This is too much. <laughs> Also, also, you got to make sure you have a strong ring light and you have to have a good backdrop. So you can't, and, and you're, you're like getting a picture of what the, how the other person lives too. So like, for example, right now you can see that I have. My yeah, you would not have a second date, um, Jen. There's a mirror on the floor. There's one chair. Is like, that a, is that a, is that a piece of art on the floor? No, it's a mirror. No. So there's a, there's a mirror on the floor over here. There's. My TV's on the floor. I have a temporary couch and that's my nursing chair over there. And the reason that everything's on the freaking floor is my couch has gotten delayed because the shipping, the big shipping, you know, crisis that we have, like it's gotten delayed by months and months and months. So until the couch gets here, nothing else can come in. Like we can't get a coffee table. We can't get a TV stand. We can't hang the mirror because it's supposed to be above the, the couch. It's a freaking mess. Thank you, COVID, once again. Yeah. Anyway, nobody's interested in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so you moved in somewhat recently. Yeah, like maybe yeah. Like four months ago. Yeah. Something else that I noticed that you that you wrote about is ghosting. So is ghosting actually trending down now that we're, you know, like 18 months or so I mean, in the pandemic? That is with the dating apps try to tell us that ghosting okay. is down. But, you know, I think it's still happening. People are still assholes to each other. Why mm -hmm. are they saying it's down? I'm so confused. The um, people, you know, 
the pandemic has made people like maybe more compassionate or realizing, I think that like, we've been through this year and a half that's been really, really difficult. And it, it puts things in perspective, like, okay, I might die if I go to the grocery store and I don't do it quite right. So I think I can then tell this person I don't want to see them again, right? Like it just, yeah, mm. we've gotten tougher a little bit. Although I don't, I definitely still see it happening. Uh, so, so wait a second. Okay, so I think I think one thing that maybe has changed in terms of dating big time is we're setting expectations too. We're like less afraid to say what we really feel and to not waste our time, right? Right. Because I totally. think that we all realize through going through something collectively traumatic like a pandemic is that time is, is precious. And like, why would you want to spend it with someone who you don't really give a shit about? Yeah. Or no. you don't know if you like that you don't they don't know if you give a shit about them. Right. Like yeah. the other the flip side of that is like actually telling people how you feel. Have um, you changed anything about your own dating life? Have I written anything about my dating life? No. Have you changed anything? Oh, about have I changed anything about my dating yeah. life? Um, that is a good question. I started out the pandemic, started out the pandemic dating someone that a friend had set me up with. So yeah. that, that was like six months of my pandemic. So that didn't really like change something. Um, although I think we were definitely talking about the relationship a ton more than I usually would have. Um, I am doing the video date thing. Mm -hmm. I moved cross country. So I'm sort of, I'm dating in a new city and, um, you're, you're that, in Washington? no, now I'm in San Francisco. You're in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Dating in San Francisco. What has that been like? I mean, I haven't ton, I haven't done a ton of it yet. <laughs> uh, I'm just talking a lot more about like software than politics. It's just oh, like sub in technology for politics and i'm not sure like which is more uninteresting to me. is it right that there's I, I thought i heard that there's more f women in san francisco than there yeah. are men there's more there's more men in san francisco there's more men in, okay oh i thought it was the opposite for some reason no i mean the first um there's new york and dc have a lot more women than men and okay. so that's how you get kind of like a skewed market that way the first date that i went on in san francisco was in the winter i was just I hadn't quite moved here yet. I was just trying it out and met this guy on an app. It was actually Valentine's day was our first date, which was like oh. kind of adorable because yeah. I feel like a first date on Valentine's day, not really high expectations. Cause you don't really know the person he yeah. showed up wearing head to toe, um, sweat sweats, like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs> hey, like, hope. Right. And, and was carrying a single rose, which was like super sweet. That's cute. And we went on a walk and we ended up and we were, we had this conversation at the top of Dolores park, overlooking the entire city. He was trying to convince me to move here. And I was like, yeah, buddy, it's like not a hard sell. I like already am basically going to move here, yeah. but sure. Sell me on San Francisco. And then, you know, he, I, because I write about dating, I was asking him what the dating scene is like in San Francisco. And he said, he's like, you know, it's a lot of when there's a lot of men here and not a ton of, and the women know they have their pick of whomever. So, you know, a lot of women just like want to move on to the next guy. It's hard. It's like hard out there oh, for, wow. for, for, for a single straight man. And I looked at him and I was like, ah, oh, you're a woman of Washington. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I have felt in DC is just like continually passed over because there's so many amazing, beautiful, accomplished, fun, smart, sexy women. And, you know, and, and so I was like, I, I, I could, I could go for a, a change of scenery. That's funny. So there's, so you go from like, uh, I, I would imagine a lot of guys who work in, in Washington and DC are like of the political persuasion, right? They work in, in, in DC, like at the in, Capitol. Well, in politics or there's, the, there's a lot of lawyers that like, okay. there's a, a lot of, a lot of lawyers, a lot of government workers. I, when I lived in DC, I tried to date like just a regular person who didn't need to be in Washington for Washington's sake, because yeah. I wasn't there for politics and my interests are a little bit different. So um, I dated teachers and a doctor and some, a lot of lawyers, but, uh, yeah. and a couple journalists, but yeah. 
I, you know, I, I thought these cities were going to be really different and they're actually not that, they're not that different. How many, how many people have tried to sell you on Bitcoin since you moved to San Francisco? <laughs> I have talked about crypto on dates. Oh my God, please. Mainly because I want to write a story about like cryptocurrency in some fashion and how it intersects with people's like love lives. Uh, but I think that's a great idea. That's fascinating. Cause I have, I have friends who got into the crypto game and I never saw them again. (laughs) That's all they can think about. That's all they can talk about. And every time I hear someone talk about cryptocurrency, I just completely, it's, it's like, uh, I I just completely tune out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, but it's hard to understand. And it's also just like very technical. So it's just like, I mean, I ended up on a, this is not cryptocurrency, but one of the first dates that I was on in San Francisco, we ended up on it like an hour and a half hike. And I was asking him to, he was explaining some sort of like software bug that he had, I don't know, found. And when he was in college or sorry, getting a PhD in computer science. And I kept asking questions because every time you'd say use a term that I didn't understand I wanted to make sure I understood so it's like an hour hour long conversation and he's saying to me feel free to stop me you know whenever you want and I'm like you know I don't know if the I don't know what the payoff is here maybe (laughs) the story will be so interesting that it will be worth an hour of my time but it turns out it was not no it never is it never is and, and why kind of the same way with crypto? crypto? Like try to try to get bring you into that family. Like stop. I don't want to be a part of your cult. I don't want to be a part of this. Yes. <laughs> I think it's, are, are you I mean, do you know anything about like crypto or anything like that? Like have your yeah. friends tried to get you into it? No, my friends have no, they have not tried to get me into it. I have like I have been on dates with guys that are in it a little bit. So I've asked a few questions because I'm gonna write I'm gonna write something about it. Okay. But um I would I would consider it a red flag if someone has more than one or two percent of their assets tied up in cryptocurrency. <laughs> I would just ask them, we don't need to talk about this a ton, but please just tell me what percentage of your portfolio is in crypto. <laughs> right, right. Oh my God. No, nothing against people who are in that world, but you know, give it a give it a rest. It's like the new vegans. It it's, it is it is like a religion. It they, is. And I think they are meant to be with other crypto believers. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I just can't communicate with people. Like I actually wish I knew more about it, but I, and I wish I knew about it like four years ago. Sure. It's like, it's so hard to get into that game now. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's also, you know, I actually talked to Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker. I asked her, should you be talking about cryptocurrency on a date? And she's, (laughs) Because because I'm writing the story and she said, no, it's not sexy to talk about money or or your job. Even if you want to talk about your career and like in in the abstract and maybe what you're looking to build and your future. Fine. But um, talking about your job or money is like not sexy. Yeah, that's something else, too. So so you say that a lot more people now that we're like 18 months into and we're on the downswing, I would I feel comfortable saying that the downswing of like lockdowns and, and the pandemic. Um, you're saying that people don't really know they, that they've been Googling how to date. What does that mean? <laughs> I guess it's my job to tell you, to tell people what that means. Uh, yeah. In, in July, I think one of the most Googled terms was how to date. I mean, it, it is this whole outgrowth of we have been in isolation for so long. Okay, now maybe, you know, we're vaccinated. It's safe to go out and start meeting strangers again. People did not know how to date. I mean, we still don't, we never knew really how to date, right? Unless yeah. unless you're really studying it or things are changing so so quickly and, and nobody really knows what they're doing. But uh, I thought it was really interesting that people were like, how to date. I don't know how to date, but also, you know, did we know how to have a conversation with a stranger? Yeah, after? What part of that? Is it like, we don't know how to conversate, like how to have a conversation face to face with somebody anymore. Like how can you lose those skills after a year and a half? Yeah. I don't understand what that means. How to date. Like, what's the question? I'm so confused. What's the, like, what are they, what don't what they, they know? know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going through somebody's head when they're, when they're searching how to date, but I think it's, where do I find dates? What do I talk about on the dates? Um, 
where do I take people, right? Like all, all of the things. And I know, you know, a lot of people's social skills did atrophy during this time. Yeah. If you were working from home and you were not leaving the house that much, you're not interacting with, with even people that are already in your life in person, let alone a stranger. Even last night I had a friend over for dinner who I do see about <laughs> once a week. And we were kind of like, I said to her, oh, this is the first time I had somebody over for dinner in like six months. <laughs> like, I don't really know how this is supposed to go. Yeah. And it, and it's almost like, what, what do you, what do you talk about when you're not making fresh memories and you're not like going out and, and I don't know, like weird shits happening or you should have, you should have seen, you know, who, who I saw today or, you know, what happened at work today? Like there's none of that. So like, what are you actually drawing on? Yeah. It's right. like, well, how was your day? And like, <laughs> Just, just was at home. Oh, cool. <laughs> I think a lot of those early, um, freshly vaccinated dates were, um, it was exciting to get out there and meet people, but people did not know what to talk about. Something I kept hearing about was just kind of like the verbal diarrhea that was happening. It's like, oh my gosh, I have an audience and I get to, t I get to talk to a new person and I'm just going to tell them about everything that happened to me today. And also all of the cryptocurrencies that I'm really into. <laughs> Let me tell you about my friend, Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> I mean, I get, I get it. Like that's, that's tough when you really don't have much to, to go on. Um, but I think that now we're turning a corner and hopefully we're, we're going out more with our friends and, and things are looking a little different. And we're setting those expectations early. So Patty, Patty Stanger told you to avoid talking about work when you're going out on a date. What, what did you, what else did she suggest? I'm curious. I love her by the way. She's the millionaire. Oh, yeah. You know who she is, Julian? Uh, I've heard of her, but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you, her. You, you should have her on the show. She's totally she's I really get her on the show actually. Um, yeah. What else did she say? I mean, she was mainly talking about, yeah, how, talking about work isn't sexy. And I was like, this is a lesson for all of Washington, DC. Cause all they talk about on all Washingtonians talk about on dates is work. And then, and then I see myself doing it a ton. And even here, like I was on a date with the man, we were talking about work. And I even said to him, I was like, look, Patty Stanger, he didn't know who she was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Millionaire matchmaker says not to talk about work a ton on dates. Cause it's like not sexy. It's not, you want to be in your, you know, creating a connection with a new human being. You want to talk about like the future and what's possible and wh what your life is like when you're not at work, because you're not interviewing somebody to be your colleague. You're like trying to find a partner, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I have some people that I've dated where I do really want to know about what they do because it's fascinating to me, but it probably shouldn't be the bulk of what you're connecting over. Um, I agree yeah, with that. It's tricky, you know, if you're if you're passionate about your work, though, you know, because that 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 somewhat defines you also so much, right? So it's like, how can you're a there, the majority of your life work if they're passionate about their work? How can you? Know, my buddy was an actor. He's fascinated about movies, so I'm pretty right. sure on his dates he talks about movies. He talks about like this movie and this role and all that stuff. Right. Well, I think she's saying you can talk about, I think you can find a way to talk about your career and your passions, yeah. but maybe not the nitty gritty of that report that you have due on Tuesday or how yeah. this meeting you were in was twice as long as it needed to be. Right. Like I hear. You. I think I've had good conversations when dates ask me like, why, like, why are you interested in journalism or what has like yes. brought you to be a journalist or what do you like about your job? Right. Not, what are you working on right now? What's the yeah. best, your favorite story that you've written? Things like that. Like there's a difference, right? Yeah. As opposed to like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Wait a second. So one more thing. Um, you, when you were talking to these COVID couples, you, <laughs> you talked about one story where the guy bought eight different hair conditioners. This is the, this is the couple who actually got married, right? Um, they are getting married next month. So oh, married next month. Okay. Yeah. Let's, yeah let's, um, so this is a couple they met on Tinder. Okay. And they decided for the first date that he was going to make her dinner. And she like got in a lift and went from, I think Brooklyn to Jersey city. And she got there and she's like, he opened the door and he was wearing ugly slippers and he had cooked something that was really uninspiring. And she's meanwhile, like a wine professional or something like in the food and wine industry. And 
And but a few dates in, she was charmed by him. And a few dates in, he was at her place and he took a picture of all of the conditioners that she had in her shower. She she has curly hair and is just like trying out lots of different conditioners all the time. Oh yeah, Julian, that's, that's me. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, okay. So like I mean a lot of women have just a bunch of different products because you want to mix it up. Or you yeah, wanna, like, sure. Sometimes your hair performs better when you're not using the same products all the time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have four different have shampoos and conditioners. So eight bottles total. Right. So he took a picture of all the bottles that she had. He didn't ask her, hey, honey, what's your favorite conditioner? Right. He took a picture of everything. And then at his place, he bought them all so that she could have them there and would be comfortable when he wow. was at his place. <laughs> Power move. That's amazing, though. That is yeah. that, that is such a good idea. I don't know if, you know, maybe it could come across as a little creepy because uh, we're, we're in the person. No, no, that's not creepy. Come on. That's, that's just like taking pictures of like the medicine cabinet. Like, and see no, I think he was, it was like, she thought it was very thoughtful and it's her. Yeah. It's, he's trying to take care of her, right? Like, and, and just like make sure she has everything that she needs. Yeah, my, um, yeah, my girlfriend loves showering me at my house because I have all the different conditioner, leaving conditioner, curl. You have that Moroccan oil stuff, too. I, I have that. I have a soap. I have some natural stuff. I got what you, yeah, what, what brand do you I only buy all the expensive stuff, too. So she like, <laughs> you have more expensive product than I do. I was like, yeah, well, I can't, none of them work. So help help yourself out. I did notice that because I, I, you know, I've been I've been in your bathroom before, and I'm like, wow, this is actually way better than what I have yeah, <laughs> in yeah, my yeah. shower. All the oils, all the stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, very impressed, very impressed. Yeah. And I always end up going to the one product, and that's it. <laughs> one <laughs> random product that I bought once, and that's it. And you use it on your entire body, right? No, 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 no. Because there's some guys who just use the shampoo slash body wash on their entire what? selves. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm not That's like my that. boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not me. Well, Lisa, I, I listen, I, I think that I love your column. Um, and I can't wait for these the COVID couples series to come out. This is gonna be fantastic. When is it, when are we gonna hear about this person's story? When um, do you know? Well, I mean, by the time this episode airs, it should probably be out already. Okay. And so, how can people find you? Oh, uh, I am on Twitter at Lisa Bonos. I'm also on Instagram, same, same handle. And you know, the, the story, it was not going to be a series, but maybe I'll pitch it to my editor as a series. Series. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause yeah. everything's like, you know, you have so much material, right? There's so right. many people covid right you could just have like these like crazy couple not crazy but like uh crazy stories about couples right, right. how right. this one couple ended up working out right that's fascinating right, right. and then i'll do like a series of breakups yeah <laughs> i know and why they broke yeah. up hookups <laughs> and breakups and makeups yeah lisa thank you for coming on yeah thanks for having me thank you so much for coming in yeah um, Julian, I need to, I want to see a picture of the inside of your shower now. <laughs> uh, I can't unplug my actual, uh, laptop. I would have given you a tour. Otherwise. <laughs> That's so great. Literally. It's like, a, it's like a Moroccan oil store. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll DM, I'll DM you one. Yeah. DM me later. I'll DM you one. <laughs> and my cabinet too. Oh, okay. Awesome. Won't be disappointed. I promise. All right. <laughs> well, All right. Thank you guys. Thanks, Lise. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, I, we took a breath at the same time and it ended up being like, oh, what are you going to say? Uh, but no, I mean, it was awesome. She was, she was fun to have around. She yeah. Yeah. She's great. I mean, I, I, I always appreciate like-minded people who are interested in like, you know, the di- dynamics of dating. But I, one thing I will say is I hope this is like one of the last times we talk about COVID as it relates no. to dating. I think we're both over it. I think we're both over talking about COVID. Dating COVID, all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, we, like, we, yeah. like let's get back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, let's make a commitment. To, to, to that. I will say, though, um, women, I guess uh, it's time for you guys to move to San Francisco. Yeah, they need more ladies in San Francisco. It's crazy. I yep. didn't know that. I knew, and you know what? It was New York. I knew that New York had more women. 
Yep. And um, because and you know how I knew that because, uh, well, I was just in New York. Yeah. Weekend, uh, because I went to see my dad see the UFC. Um, but before that, when I used to go out when I was single, I could I remember being approached more by women when I was out. Um, like the last time I went there was probably like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember being approached. When I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, and then my buddy was like, "Yeah, uh, if you're if if you know, they, there's more women than men. So when they see a, a man that they find attractive, they actually right. like you know, go to it." And I also remember when I was 21, I was trying to go out in New York, and I was with a buddy of mine, who was a good-looking guy, and we were in line to go to One Oak, and we were in line, and people are getting denied left and right. Yeah. And the bouncer at outside, and because I was taller than everyone, flashed my face while I was all the way in back of the line. Had me walk all the way in front of my buddy and let us in and gave us two free drinks. And when I asked my buddy, he was like, "Yeah, because in New York, if you're like a modeling kind of looking guy, they let you in. They give you a great treatment because girl, guys like you make girls want to come to the club, and the more girls at the wow. club, the more and I was like, that is insane. That is." Amazing, because for once I was like, "Oh shit, I, I get to get in." I get special treatment because of my looks. Yeah. By the way, I was walking near a guest, um, uh, a guest store in Beverly yeah. Hills. I didn't see your face. Where, where, what am I going to see your face? Because I do the line that's called factory guests. Okay. So you have guests, you have Marciano, and then you have factory guests. It's what all three different lines. Factory guests is on the factory store, so it's stores that are all at big shopping centers and big oh. like uh, like any type of like outlet stores. If you go to Citadel, if you go to Cabazon, that's where I'm at. And also, I think Miami has more factory guests than guests. It all depends which city. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're at the outlets. You're at the malls. Yeah, I'm at the discounted ones. You're a discount. Oh, 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 you're a discount guest model. Come on, Julian. Oh, no. no, no, I did give me a bit of validity. Thank God. It's only gonna be a matter of time before we I see your face all over the Beverly Hills store. Yeah, Beverly- I was last time. Counting like on it. 2018, 2018, I was in there. Yep. Yep. My favorite stores. All right. All right. Uh, and as always, if you have any questions, DM us at X Appeal Podcast. Yes. And very soon, we're going to be devoting an entire podcast to just your questions. We're getting some fun ones. So stay tuned for that. Peace. A Media Production.